Hey friends, how's it going? It's me, Albert. Welcome to the third episode of the second season, I guess. I guess. My guest today is Ali from Oak Sound. The guy is behind Soothe. Probably one of the best plugins of the last couple of years. Definitely top three on my list. This episode will be beneficial to everyone, not only us producers, not only mixing engineers, artists, music business people, listen closely because we barely talk about the plugin itself. We do a little bit because I'm very interested in how it actually works because it's doing magic. But we also talk about the music industry as a whole, also how difficult it is to start a company in the music business, lots of business intricacies that you can apply to whatever you are doing regardless if you're interested in BSD instruments or not, because business principles are universal and they, they apply across the board. People always ask me, hey Edward, where do you learn music business? What are your sources? What are books that you're reading on the music business? And I tell them, I learn from anything but the music business. Well, I do as well, but mostly it's sources outside of the music business. Since the music landscape is changing so fast, Barely anyone is adapting fast enough, so the information is usually outdated and very unreliable. So I always seek out sources outside of our niche, be it just traditional marketing and branding, sales, e-marketing, whatever it is, it's usually not the music business itself. And I suggest you do the same. Listen to podcasts that are not music business related. Also listen to my podcast, of course, but also read books outside of our industry, just general sales material and learn from people who have successful businesses in general, whatever it might be, even like a small ice cream shop, you can learn from those people as well, since business is business and cash flow is cash flow. So without further ado, get yourself a coffee and welcome Ali from Oak Sound. Let's go. You're listening to The Damn Good Podcast with Edward Quart, the go-to resource to help you navigate the murky waters of the new music business. Ali, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Nice to be here. First question is, because we talked just for a couple of minutes before that, why do people from your country, Denmark as well, speak very good English? Well, thank you. Um, it's, it's a very good question. And no, I, I don't think everyone does. But like uh, the, they say that the Finnish accent is very clear. But for me personally, I've lived abroad as well, so I have a, a bit of New Zealandish here and oh. lots of Monty Pythons in tender age. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. But it's like I encounter good people from from your country, from Denmark, yeah. um, Sweden as well, and they all have an insanely good English. Because if you compare that to to Germany, yeah, not even comparable. But I think it's you know it comes down to because Germany and German speakers are a very large language group on on themselves. Like they, there's what, over 100 million people speaking German right. as a first language. There's only five five and a half million Finnish speakers, I think. So we have to like the the younger people have understood, and it's not even a choice. Like if you want to make it out to the world, you have to be able to speak other people's languages to to be able to handle yourself. No one's going to come up to you and, and say like, hey, I want to learn to speak Finnish to speak with us. So we have to go our like, yeah. But I also feel like German people are very reluctant to learn 
English, especially the older generation. Yeah, it's kind of it's not as bad as as like French people because they don't like yeah. speaking English at all. They're like fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking. We talk French here, but for Germany, yeah, yeah. the younger generation, like below my age, like twenty seven below, they speak rather good English. But people my age and above, barely, barely any people want to talk English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I've encountered that that as well. That like um maybe under thirty year olds speak German speak typically very good English as well. But when you go over that, it, it's a bit of a gamble right. if, if you're able to right. communicate properly or not, if you don't, if you know, don't know German. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mentality thing, but it's also, yeah. also an educational thing, how, how the state implements English into schools, the quality of the, of the yeah. education itself, the quality of the teacher, which, which is like, you know, if you have a good teacher, you can, you can have yeah. excellent English by, by the time you're out of school yeah, yeah, yeah. or not. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's an education thing. And also, I don't know, it's, it's about like, at least in Finland, what, one thing compared to, to Germany is that we don't have any dubbing in our, you know, movies or TV programs or anything. So the entertainment that we get is in English, most of it. Oh, really? Yeah. So that I didn't know that. So that's part of the reason that we are sort of, we hear it a lot. So it's easier to pick it up. That's immensely good. Yeah. We have everything like the nordics sweden and, and finland and all the all the other nordic countries we typically rely on on subtitles on everything all the content even to the funny point that if there is a subtitle line or if i if i'm watching a movie and it's the movie is in english that i would understand and it has subtitles in other language i still try to primarily read the subtitles and, and then i'm like <laughs> i don't understand anything what's happening like i i i don't like it sort of overrides my hearing ability to to read the subtitling right which is quite funny that's great because that's how i learned english basically yeah, yeah. basically you, you get like the simultaneous translation all the time so you sort of automatically learn via that. that's the real life rosetta stone yeah <laughs> so how's life in general do you feel like comparing myself to when i was at school like 10 15 years ago and the kids now i feel like kids in general are getting dumber like the, the generation that comes after me, not all of them, but like the tendency of where like encounter like my cousins who are way younger than me. I got a two younger brothers as well. I feel like in general, the tendency is like the quality of education is getting worse and people are getting dumber overall. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, interesting topic really because um, they've had a, because Finland used to be at least what it, when it comes to education, Finland used to be the top country in education. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because Germany, it's not. It's at the bottom, I don't know, like bottom third. Yeah, but Finland has gone down a lot as well. And the, I think the Asian countries are rising in the charts at the moment. So it's an interesting topic, like what has happened in our culture that makes, or, or, or is it just a um, sort of um, illusion that, you know, because every, like, even if you go back, 100 years people have still thought thought that that um the the generation that comes after them is dumb and ruined <laughs> <laughs> right like a, it, it's a it's a it's a tendency in history so if it's a like um if it's an illusion like that or if it's actually happening because then again the environment we're living in the the like a hyper media activity and ubiquity that we have to sort of you know we, like with for example uh, thinking of the generation that comes, because I assume you're we're pretty same age you and I, so I the generation that comes after us has has been 
grown up with with like smartphones and smart devices. I grew up with a computer, but there's still a difference. I didn't carry it around in my pocket. Right. So it sort of made a huge difference on how how people approach the everyday social and and a situation where they, for example, need to find any information about anything or or that sort of things. Like the the sort of that you have to always um, split your your focus in many things might actually make it harder to learn things or might definitely the ADHD culture is strong with with, with the generation because I feel like the brains are not ready like our brains are not ready for this kind of information influx on 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 a minutely basis because just remember when I was I was I mean I was born in Kazakhstan which is like 91 yeah and and like Kazakhstan 91 is like Germany in the 70s so it's like 30 years behind the technology. Yeah. I moved to yeah. Germany when I was 9 or 10 in, in 2000. Um, and still, I didn't have any contact with, with, with a computer or a mobile phone up until like 2003 and four. All right. I mean, I was 14, 15. But now yeah. k- kids are getting their phones when they're 5, 6, 4, yeah. tablets, stuff like this. You know, people like kids are misbehaving. Parents give them an iPad. Exactly. That's what I mean. And like then quick they, entertainment. Exactly. But then they they don't they don't see what kind of consequences might follow 10, 15, 20 years down the line yeah. when their kids can't even focus and need to take like ADHD medication, which is basically you know meth methamphetamine mm. um, in the end, and like all kinds of other pills. Um, we're not ready for this. Just just yeah. that, that's what I feel like. Um, first of all, that, and the second is the whole the whole Instagram one up each other culture as well, which yeah. which just crushes um, self esteem and and kids egos because they're not ready for this. They're seeing all of this quote unquote success and like the polished life, and they think they need to achieve that. Yeah, and they life is already hard enough right now, exactly. but then they see that and, and and feel like they need to adhere to those standards, which is completely wrong and it's a lie, but it's still, the, those are kids, very gullible, very easy to, you know, manipulate uh, by, yeah. by brands as well. And then I see kids 14, 15, they're like depressed, they need to take medication, just, just because they can't handle the shit. It, for me, it's even difficult for me. I'm seeing like all kinds of successful people. I'm like, yeah. why am I not successful as those guys? Like I, yeah. I, I work hard, I deserve this. And they're like, why? Like, stop, you know, think rationally. So I feel like for kids, that's even more difficult. And that that's the real danger combined. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I think you're right in that one, really. Um, I personally have, have quit most of the social media. I still have, pages up or in, but I don't really use I don't have the apps you know I because even I found it too distracting too stressful as an environment to it, I I I felt that it sort of stole a lot from my thinking or me, me being able to sort of be happy with my own life yep just you know comparing myself to to others constantly so it's I don't think it's good for you in in it's definitely like it's definitely not good for you. It's, it's just yeah. bad, and that's what I did as well. Like I left Instagram. That's because the only thing where I'm getting my clients from, and that's basically it. Everything else deleted. Yeah, I barely use any apps. I just focus, and still, still, I'm getting getting notifications, I'm getting calls. It's still too much for me at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I've disabled all the notifications on all, all devices I have, as well. And uh, well, I, I I did it the other other way around. I deleted Instagram because I, I didn't get anything out of it. And um, basically, 
Yeah, that's a I good still have my do. Facebook, but I've I've blocked most of the content in there. So I'm basically just following a couple of groups that have interesting discussions about things that interest me, and not even in my everyday life. Like they're not they're they're not like professional interests. They're just you know my like um very very simple things that I just when I wake up I might want to read about something funny or see some cat pictures. But <laughs> you know I don't I don't really want to I I don't want to to have that sort of um, controlling my life or or sort of yeah 100 so it's um but i think because that's the thing that i got into smartphones very like a uh, very late i got i think i got my first iphone three years ago and before that i was using just a your typical handheld with you know without touch screen and all that that's awesome and um at that point i was sort of ready to not get into it in a way like not not sort of feeling the pressure but you know being a kid getting back to the the original topic like being a kid because you have this huge peer pressure that everyone else is doing stuff and that you have to be social and you know being 15 or under it's very stressful anyway so you know having that peer pressure and and having to do or being to to sort of be like everyone else that that teenagers or people typically want to do it's it must be very stressful for them So they they're sort of like um, the um, sort of train of thought in their everyday lives must be very different to us. And getting back to like our kids getting dumber, probably not. I don't think people are getting dumber, but I think that the things that they're focused at, I, I think they're quite dumb things. But I don't I don't I don't think the people in themselves are getting dumber. Exactly, just, that's what I mean. Like I I don't want to say like people are getting dumber. Just just yeah. You know, just intellectual wise, they're still capable yeah. to do the same things as, exactly. as we as we are. But just the the way the the environment is treating them and and kind of yeah. dissecting their focus and 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 th- that's what I mean exactly. Yeah. And the influences they're getting online, like who the fuck is influencing them? You know, this influencer thing as well. Like, yeah, who yeah. are those people? Because I go on YouTube and and just watch the trending tab the trending top 50 yeah. music videos or whatever or like <laughs> and i'm ju- i'm just um i'm legitimately getting depressed i'm like holy fucking shit first of all <laughs> the music that's on there is is horrible like just ho- object subjectively objectively in every way it's just horrible and people might say like yeah, yeah you don't understand you're old blah 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 it's not about that it's just it's just garbage it's just that yeah. that's what i mean it's just garbage is getting into the minds of, of young kids and also the the role models they're getting the the vloggers the beauty models jesus christ i don't even want to to step in that direction yeah yeah i i completely understand and agree with that <laughs> but not not everything is gloomy and dark you know there's lots of shit going wrong and haywire this these days and i feel like yeah lots lots of people only focus on the bad things but there's lots of lots of upside as well yeah they well the Even though, maybe the, like for example, the environmental issues or or the things like that, they are issues now because we are more aware of the fact that they might be issues. So the the overall knowledge, the amount of knowledge and the amount of, or the the way that people are able to understand things, grasp tougher, complex things or topics, that's growing up. So and and I, I remember reading that like overall the humankind is, is you know objectively if you start to compare it to the number like uh, infant mortality and that sort of thing right we are at, at the peak all the time we, we've been going up upwards all the time 
but it just doesn't feel like that. It just doesn't feel like that, and all of the media around us yeah. is, is pointing to the worst things because yeah, if it, yeah. if it bleeds, it leads. You know, the, the BuzzFeed yeah. um, slogan. So if it bleeds, it leads, and if if people tell like this is bad, this is exploding, people are dying, you're gonna buy the newspaper, or whatever. Yeah. This is why it's also important to to kind of you know keep your head cool, not to get blown like a leaf in the wind by by all of the yeah. media under yourself. There's a thing about like media, which I always find the notion funny that media is supposed to be the third, like, I, I don't know what's what, what it should be called in English, but like the third. The neutral. Yeah, the ne- neutral so, th- sort of um, power in, in society. But it's still actually um, media works in in like entrepreneurship and and capitalistic exactly. values, core exactly. values, because it has to, because they have to make a living as well. So it's actually not like that anymore. Like maybe it used to be back in the day when the theories were crafted about, you know, having yeah. separate lawmakers and yeah. I'm not an expert in this in those things at all. Like I barely watch the news honestly because it affects me too much on on a personal yeah. basis. But just the ethics are gone to the shits. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, let's talk about plugins and Soothe and all of the good stuff that we that we love to talk about. First of all, Hurrah. thanks to the technology, like we, we wouldn't be sitting right here and talking to each other over the internet, me being in Berlin and you being in, in Finland um, and talking like that over a plugin that you created and that, that actually helped a lot of people and makes our recordings better. So for everyone who doesn't know what Soothe is, Soothe is basically... Well, I call it the magic plugin, and you know, there's there's only so much, so many magic plugins you can really call magic plugins, but this one is definitely one of those. It's basically a real-time dynamic resonance removal tool, but it's it's also way more than just that. You can use it on anything. You can use it on vocals to suppress any room noise that's been picked up. You can use it on guitars to suppress any any nasty like fret noises as well. You can use it on the master. I I use two soothes on a master in series to massage the whole mix and kind of notch out any nasty stuff, and then also massage the high end to prevent it from being super harsh sounding and digital. It's one of my f- favorite plugins of the last I don't know five years basically. So cool. <laughs> first of all, thanks a lot for the plugin. Well, thank and you. <laughs> how did you come up with the idea? Um, because wh- why didn't you create like the best analog emulation of the 1176? Or like, why didn't you create another like LA-2A, which is way better than the previous one? No, I'd really love to make uh, another LA-2A. That'd be great. <laughs> um, I have a degree in in sound engineering. And when I started doing that, like getting into the trade, I o- always was wondering, I-, I was wondering like, why is there no, I, I couldn't find a tool that did the sort of removal thing that to to sort of suppress that high mid area like like i had heard that that's how you make your recording sound very good if if you are able to control the the resonances at the sort of high mid area like one kilohertz to say eight kilohertz with notching and i i, I was sort of astounded or uh, it was astounding that no one had done it before and um, I had actually, because I started doing DSP in quite, in quite early, uh, I think at the age of 18, I really got into it doing synths. And um, I had been doing that, I'd been interested in, in 
time stretching and pitch shifting and I'd gone through all the all the mathematical theory behind that on my own leisure time because I find it extremely interesting and um, then I, I sort of I basically switched from engineering to music because I felt that's better place for me I, I was at the big beginning studying at the University of Technology but I switched over to study music technology instead were you making music before mm, sort of yeah I, I'm I'm coming like music musically I'm coming from maybe playing jazz but but my own artistic stuff is in like um electronic um classical music or the sort of electroacoustic music you would call it like art music right so and I I'd be making myself tools to do that music because it's typically very technical uh, technically oriented yeah, it's also, also experimental yeah weird. yeah it, it crosses over to the experimental music ambience like, drones yeah neoclassical yeah. stuff yeah but like um what i was interested in was the stuff coming from music concrete and that sort of like the old old um tape machine music and and that sort of things right but um anyways uh, yeah about that background but um uh, i i was astounded that no one had done it before and i had been doing dsp at that point for a lot of time and gone into quite deep into it so I was like, all right, I'll do it. And it wasn't really easy. So it took me, I think it took me over two years just focusing on that topic, like skipping lectures and, and being interested in that because I, I'm sort of person that when I get interested in something, I just, you know, my other life or my <laughs> supposed life just goes in the, into the trash bin and I, I start doing what I Damn. feel like doing. And I, at this time, I'm, I'm happy that I did it for this project, but it took me a couple of years and then it just suddenly clicked to, uh, to uh, the technology but it started from my own need to to suppress the <laughs> the resonances in my own recordings that were not really that stellar right so i had to do something about it why weren't you happy with the old school notch it out approach statically or using something like a dynamic eq yeah that's a very good question i i typically found out that if i found the good notching settings for the verse, they wouldn't work for the chorus, or you know, the the singer changes register, and suddenly all the notches move, and um, so I don't think you can do it statically. You have to do it dynamically, and that's what people used to be doing with with like Pro Tools and Audio Suits, right? Like go it syllable at a syllable and and notch it out. Yep, I usually used to used to just copy the the track. Or like three, four times, and just do the EQing for that part. So I, I would have yeah. the verse like that, just copy that that whole track, and for for the even for a small amount of words, like a couple of words, I would change the EQ based based on the performance, yeah. which is yeah. a pain in the ass. And people it's still do it. It's extremely laborious. Yeah, I just seen Josh Goodwin uh, mix just Justin Bieber record, do a Lipa record, whatever. Yeah. Um, and ba- that's what he did. He had like seven tracks for the lead vocal, just just based on on the performance. Really? Yeah. All right. So, but he used Sue as well later on. Oh, cool. So. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so but there you yeah, go. I guess like for the people that are used to doing what they do, they they know exactly what they want. They may even have an assistant doing it for them, at, uh, you know, in the background. I don't know. That's what I would expect, or that's what I would do if I was in the position to to mix that the tracks of that right that level, but. If you're used to it, like uh, I don't believe in replacing old technology with or, or old techniques with new techniques. Even right, if, even if people say that it's better, if you if you know what you're doing, you know, just go ahead. If, exactly. if it doesn't take you a lot lot of time, whatever works. But it certainly it, it certainly 
took me a lot of time to learn the thing and doing it. So I, I didn't really feel like doing it by myself and I couldn't <laughs> afford an assistant. So you basically programmed the first version of Suit by yourself. Yeah, I did. Like a one, yeah. one man thing. Why did you decide to start a company? Like where came the need from? When did you decide to, to sell the plugin even? Like what was the idea behind Oak Sound? When I, when I got the, the algorithm working, I quite quickly understood that this, is, this could be a very good thing, like very big. So at that point, I, I just had the prototype. I didn't even have it as a plugin. It was a, a, just a loose bunch of code. And um, when I got it working, I just started to hectically uh, program it into a plugin. It was quite convenient because it was not the first plugin I'd done. I think it's the fourth plugin I've done uh, in terms of plugins because I had, you know, doing them for myself. And I had also done a couple of plugins to like um, um, for a, a company for their own use, like not in a public release, but for their own tool sets or uses. So I, I, I sort of basically already knew how it's done and, and the techniques, and I already had the environment set up and all that. So I just started programming it to get it out as quickly as possible because no one had still done it. So <laughs> I was in a bit of a rush. <laughs> the early adopter. Yeah, but it, it it took me I think six months to from from the idea to to the product, and I, I released it. I didn't really know if it's gonna do me any good. I didn't right. know anything about the size of the the potential market or anything about that. And I wasn't really thinking about it either. I just wanted to throw it out and see if that's gonna work. And if not, then you know move on to another project. But for me, this happened to be the very very fortunate project too. To be involved in definitely, with myself. Definitely. <laughs> the, the amount of reviews, the positive reviews you've got, like I haven't even seen one review that, that's even slightly bad. Everything is like five stars, ten stars, hundred points. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's been very fortunate and I'm very happy. Uh, I'm very 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 happy and sort of humbled by the the uh, reception that Sooth has got and, and Spiff as well. Like uh, Right. I, and I, that's a testimony that's a testimony that that you actually helped lots of people when you get yeah. that kind of response I, w- I would be proud of myself yeah but i think i guess i have to be proud of myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course i would be 100 so how how did spiff came to life afterwards because spiff is the follow-up to soothe it's not like the, the follow-up in terms of like the second version but it's like something different while having the same technology at its core so it's basically yeah. like, like an adaptive transient designer which you can you know, you can attenuate or um, boost the attack or release of a of an individual frequency band, uh, which has like even more uses than Soothe, I guess. It's it has so many yeah. uses. It's not even it's not even funny. From DSing to suppressing noise to adding punch to to snares, whatever. Yeah, Soothe is like a, Soothe is a, a very good one trick pony, and Spiff is a bit tricky because it sort of tries to patch all the holes that Soothe leaves behind like because sooth sooth tries to find the resonances and and track the resonances and suppress them so there's a lot of stuff that is not resonance by definition but well, that depends on the, the definition of resonance but that are basically too long in time domain to be a resonance so they are some sort of colored transients and that sooth couldn't really touch those so at that point Spiff is not made. It's not made by me, 
to in its entirety. I've I've taken part of it, or a p- part in developing it, but it was developed by a colleague of mine, Tommy, the the core algorithm. Right. And and we basically did so that he developed and and um, I was listening and helping him and and we were using the the core plugin technique like the the way the the plugin framework works from Sooth and also the the signal processing techniques that were applicable for Spiff they were borrowed from Sooth as well for Spiff but the the actual like heuristics on on what it tries to find and how how that happens it's completely different it, you know you couldn't really because it's looking for a completely different thing and um for spiff basically um the the main thing when you get this like uh, top line vocal part that you really want to squeeze on someone's face through 1176 and to LA2A right and and you really want to you know sort of um get it out, out there and have it big and and carve a hole for it you have to make it very squeezed and very compressed so you sooth is able to do a big part of that but you end up with all the mouth noises and that was a very irritating thing right uh, you you end up with the mouth noises and you end up with the with the t's and d's and maybe f's the onset of those and sooth can't really catch catch them so so we set out to find like uh, an, an algorithm that would track just those those parts and we did it with Sooth most of the time being in the chain when like when we finally found the approach that worked it took just half a year so it wasn't too bad but, uh, but <laughs> just still, just half a year yeah basically one guy working half a year and the other guy helping him right so it's considerable amount of time but not in terms of R&D that's not too bad because we we already knew what to look for i had gone through the mathematical theory of of wavelets and and other sort of time domain slash frequency domain uh, approaches that w- could be beneficial or could, could work. So we had sort of a ready tool set. And then w- once we found, and yeah, that, that's the other thing, like once we found how to track and sort of um, find what a transient is, we already had the framework that would be able to do the processing on top of that. Like, like after, after we know what we have to cut, we, we already have the tech to cut it. So but yeah, Spiff was developed with Sooth in chain most of the time so that it wouldn't do anything that Sooth touches and the other way around. So the, 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 well, it, it doesn't really work like that. Right. But in theory, it is like uh, orthogonal to Sooth that, in a way that you could arrange them either way around. Like it could be like Sooth first and Spiff second or the other way around. It, it, you know, in practice, it doesn't really quite work like that, but they're quite transparent to each other. Like right. they don't touch the stuff that the other guy touches. So it's a... So you would suggest using both? Yeah, yeah they're, they're definitely designed to work together. Uh, cool. Like, like that's how we develop Good to them. know. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm going to do right now. Yeah, the, the mo- most definitely you should use them both on if you do. Oh, well, that's my... My view, naturally, not all. You, you don't always need both of them, but but for vocal tracks, that's what we did. Yeah, and and the thing to understand about Spiff is that uh, why it's so complex and why it's very sort of um, maybe a hard, uh, uh, quite hard to grasp at first. What you're able to do with it is that um, Spiff, uh, we developed it to cut just the mouth, mouth noises. That's what it's been developed for. But as happens with a lot of other stuff, which is sort of um, 
ex, uh, expect, expectation of mine is that if, if you have a processor that works very well on vocals, it typically tend to, tends to work very well on everything on that, on else. Because, as well. because human hearing mechanism is really tuned right. to understanding like sp spoken word and singing and all those things. So uh, if, if you end up with a very pleasant vocal sound, it typically works quite well with the full mix or instruments. Yeah, since you're going from the, from the complex to the simple one, since the, the vocals are basically the most complex instrument there is, yeah. you can yeah. kind of backwards um, or down, downgrade it to the other more simple, yeah, yeah, yeah. simpler you, instrument. You can make it into a guitar. And it's like, because like even if you think it in, t in terms of, of music and how music theory goes and and like a lot of the instruments are in the in the end they are imitating um human voice in in a way or the the way you know you have lines or passages in, in music they are like uh, sung vocal lines in in a way it's it, it a huge well not i don't know how how big because i'm not not, not a neuroscientist but <laughs> but a considerable amount of our brain is focused on understanding speech and understanding uh, vocals so sort of tap into that right what is it about the algorithm that's that's making it cpu heavy um besides the the oversampling which is you know logically oh, takes yeah. double the amount of the processing power but it's like usually even from for my computer soothe which is by the way a great tool and i use a lot lots of soothes on, on my computer but Typically, it takes away five to six to seven percent of my computer, which is, you know, substantial amount. Yeah, it's a, it's a a um, very heavy process. When I first came up with the algorithm for Sooth, I wasn't even sure that it, we would be able to run it. Like it was so heavy, it took more than than the real time to cal calculate the results. So I'm happy that I got it to the point where it's now. Um, it's um. It's a spectral-based processor. Both of them are. They they have a spectral processing, but it's like a, in a way you can think of it as a spectral processor in a spectral processor. So it's like double heavy, in that uh, in that sense. The how how the part that should be suppressed or in in case of beef, it can also also be boosted, but the the way that is is um, deducted is very heavy. Like because it tries to mimic, or both of them try to mimic, and to a certain extent, even accomplish that, the human hearing, and the sort of... Um, yeah, that's a complex system to imitate. Yeah, it, it's an ex extremely complex system, like the, the loudness curves, and, and like how frequency pan bands overlap, and how they mask each other, and that sort of <laughs> thing. It, it's just very... Heavy. Now I suddenly want to talk about the internal stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it gets it gets very interesting, yeah. but but I'm afraid I, yeah, I can't absolutely. tell about yeah, that, that anymore. That's that's already that's already some good information. It makes sense. It's like if it's a spectral processor inside a spectral processor with a, with a graphical GUI. That's like yeah, it, definitely heavy, but definitely worth it. For plugins, which other plugins or companies do you love using yourself? Which other companies do you respect for their forward thinking or their quality? Hmm, that's a good question. I like Golfos. That, that's a thing I, I hear a lot lately. Yeah, it's pretty close to Sooth. And uh, I, I met the guys and and I really like their thinking behind it. It's quite the same as we have, but still not like nothing at, at all. Like, I, And I really like their way of approaching it, like from the tech side, from what I've understood 
on how it works and what they've done. So that's uh, something I really like. Personally, I, I use a lot of UAD plugins, but that's just convenience thing. You know, I, I think they have very good emulations. Also, the other emulations that make their emulations, UAD emulations. I'm having a blackout. Um, Softube. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate <laughs> their stuff. It's great. Yeah, they they made good 50% of, of, of the UAD stuff. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's yeah. the reason why I like UAD. Yeah. Is that <laughs> I, I like their emulations Softube is great. A lot. I've got the console in front of me, the Softube one. Yeah, got lots oh, of, cool. Yeah, the CL1B. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, CL1B, is, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's great. crazy good. Ooh, love it. So soft, yeah. Softube, thumbs up. Yeah, um, like going back, I've appreciated the stuff that Zynaptic has done as a as a uh, developer or a company they they have some very like thinking how back they go it's it's amazing the stuff they've been able to do with the, with the sort of uh, shoe boxes that were computed <laughs> at the time compared to the now like modern computing power right. they they're very even it's nowadays uh, is astonishing to me but like uh, in terms of plugins because i'm um when I did recording and, and sound engineering, I'm, a, I'm not a producer at all. I'm a sound recording guy and I'm live sound guy as well. But, uh, and my genre of choice is jazz. So, you know, I'm really towards the emulations in my own work because, you know, that's, that's how you make the sound is that you have to know the, the, um, the processing chain they used in the 70s and 60s and kind of emulate yeah. that. That's what I do basically for, for the yeah. 70s. I love jazz as well, yeah. but just for my own stuff, it's just basically emulating the 70s and bringing them yeah. into 2019. Exactly. So for that, I've always, I use a lot of waves as well because they're convenient. I've, I've got them at some point and I still use them. Like they're good. Yeah. I kind of used to bash waves, you know, like waves is old. They're like, yeah. you know, yeah. the old guys, they're slate, there's... Uh, there's UAD, there's Acoustica. Yeah. But honestly, Waves, they have some of the best utilities around. Yeah. And like they they have some some of the evergreen stuff, like the RVox, the R compressor, yeah. the CLA shit. Yeah. Everyone's still using that. So yeah, it's exactly. not going away. Yeah. They're very good. I think they've made a lot of very respectable utility plugins and I use them in my own work. Also, like like if if I if I think of what what would be in my session? It would be a bunch of of emulators, few high tech processors. When you need to fix something in the mix, then the I just use the door plugins and fat filter stuff for the sort of very typical like uh, I need to yeah. EQ something quick. Bread and butter utility stuff. Yeah, exactly. The like I, I like fat filters, graphical user interfaces, like like everyone does. Like they're well thought out. So to me. Because a lot of the tools are very good. You just have to know how to use them. And I personally, the the tools that I use, I, I bought them some time ago already and I haven't replaced them. Like I, I, I'm not sort of looking for new plugins if I know how to use the old plugins. So even from Waves, I haven't bought a single bundle, like a proper bundle. I bought them all like one one at a time when I need exactly what that and after trialing. So I sort of try to keep my array of tools very limited so, because I'm not doing creative work in that sense. I'm doing it when I'm mixing, I'm doing it this sort of just... Um, Technical stuff. Yeah, more, more like the how to achieve a good vibey technical 
technically valid mix. Right. That's what I'm interested in. And that's what well, it sort of explains why Sooth and Spiff both are sort of technical tools for mixing engineer that they are sort of, um, they try to fix the problems that you encounter as a mixing engineer and and not not sort of come up with something that's uh, like, even though you can use them both creatively, that's not what, it's sort of a side effect that you can do that. Right. But, but they're still, they, first and foremost, yeah. they try to be there to help your life and cut down the time you end up producing or mixing. Because to me, being able to mix fast, that's the thing. Like, you know, everyone wants to mix fast, but I get very, very like my ears get fatigued very quickly. I I have maybe three to four hours of, of fruitful mixing time in my day if I do that at tops, you know, it, it just doesn't, after that, I just make bad choices. So I have to be fresh and I have to be quick and I have to cut, uh, restrict the editing to uh, other day or do it in the, just sort of separate it completely from the mixing stage. And so for me, tools that, that let me fix stuff in the mix are very convenient in that sense to, to cut the time. Yeah, you're very practical. You're, you're thinking the way is you're needing like you're having a problem, you're needing a solution, there's the solution, done. Like very effective stepwise thinking, which is cool. Yeah. It's like engineer thinking and then yeah. in every every sense of the word. Yeah, I think I'm quite engineering in the in the end, even though I got my degree in art. <laughs> but um what you're thinking is engineer based. Yeah, my I'm I'm very engineer based in, in that in those terms, like trying to approach the problems in the sort of uh, step by step. Awesome. Puzzles. We need those people. <laughs> What's in store for Oak Sound, and am I pronouncing this right? Because we have the yeah. umlaut for in, in German, which is Ö. Yeah, I would say Oak Sound. You know, that's like yeah. that, that's what we. Would. Some people would do that. Yeah, but no, it's it's Oak or Oak or whatever you feel like. <laughs> it was chosen because it's like uh, has a nice pneumatic. Like you, it it looks nice. It sort of feels nice to pronounce it in many languages, even though you don't. People may not pronounce it properly right does does it mean anything like uh, it's my initials oh now it makes sense yeah it, it's it, it's coming from there it's sort of a lack of better name but it, in the audio business it's quite typical to name stuff after yourself because the most of the companies are very small right. and slate yuhi yeah exactly <laughs> very niche or it's very small slots that we try to fit in so it doesn't really the name right as long as it's re you can remember it how many people do work at, at Oakland right now? Um, are we six or seven? I think we might be six full time at the moment. So what what are you looking forward to do in the future in terms oh, of? Oh, that's a very good question. Is there expansion planned? Is there like yeah. any new yeah. new plugins planned? You don't have to talk about what it is, but like yeah. you're coming with new plugins. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in in too drastic expansion in this market. I I might be proven wrong. At some point, um, that we we might be able to keep keep on growing like we've been doing, but I sort of think that the optimal size for a company of this scope would be maybe twelve people. That'd right, be great. That's, that's kind of how Acoustica is. They're like sixteen, yeah. fifteen people. Yeah, exactly. Sort of um, have a core developer team of maybe six to eight people, and then marketing and administration on top of that. So it's that's a sort of goal if everything goes well i guess um in terms of of what what we've been working now it's been 
it's not not really a secret that we're working on a major revision for Sooth, which has taken a lot of time, <laughs> as one might expect. Um, the original thing was to be able to access the low frequencies, and that's I, I've been actually sitting on top of that algorithm for accessing the low frequencies for two years now, but because suddenly Sooth became quite popular and it. it created needs for growing and to handle the customer service and, and to handle everything. Like it takes a lot of time. So it's been sort of just pushed on constantly. And now we're finally in the testing stages of that already, or, or no, well, testing is the wrong word, but we'll say internal testing stages right. of, of the, <laughs> of the revision, which is basically soothed, but it's able to go all the way to like 20 hertz or maybe 50 hertz would be. Sweet, because that's what I'm lacking for, for vocals and in, the, in that lower mid-range where yeah, all the mud exactly. is basically is, that nasty room resonance. Yeah, exactly. And my personal uh, favorite is the double bass because you, you're never able to capture double bass like very well because double bass, it, it, the sound becomes to it becomes this, uh, sounding natural if you have the mic like three meters away from the instrument because of the body of the size of the body but you know you, you're never able to do that in the studio you have to put it like 15 or 30 centimeters right, like the, a guitar from, yeah exactly and they they end up sounding uneven or muddy or boomy and all, all that so to be able to to handle that sort of instruments or low instruments or other things like full mixes if you're if you're in an uneven room that most of our, us are, it's convenient to be able to put it in a, in a like a mastering or, or last in the chain and and level that a bit, which it, I think it does nicely at the moment. There's also other things coming to it, like uh, full mid side processing, and uh, the algorithm in itself has been completely revised. So it's uh, I'm getting very excited about it. <laughs> Sweet, I'm look I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Definitely. that's that's the next big thing. After that. I have one very good idea and another idea that's sort of in the back of my mind. And then I'm, because I've been doing research on, on DSP for a long time, I, I have other ideas that I'd love to realize, but I haven't been able to get them to work yet. Right. So, so there's a potential to get, to get into some very groundbreaking stuff or then, or it might be that we never get there or I never get there. And then it's that if if I'm not able to right. solve those problems, but I'd love to. So you know, it, I we have a lot of very good ideas <laughs> at the moment. Once we get the the new revision for Sooth out, it's going to be exciting. When is it supposed to come out, roughly? Um, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I I can't give any date. I hope sooner than later. It's been <laughs> it's been delayed a lot already. Maybe like a nice nice Christmas present. Yeah, I would have wanted to have it out like one year ago already, but right. The the thing is with Sooth two or the the second revision of Sooth is that because Sooth one is already quite um, people like it a lot. Let's say so. It's uh, it's gonna be very hard to make a revision of a product that's so liked and say that hey. This is the new Sooth and it's better right. than the old Sooth because you know we actually have to be sure that it's better in every aspect. Right. Because people have already high expectations since the, the, the base plugin is so good. Exactly. So it has to be better and it, it is already like um, better, but we want to be sure that it's better in all use cases that we are also like trying to expand it to that it's not. So it, yeah, we, we, we've spent a lot of time just adjusting the the algorithm and also we've done 
a lot of optimization. So it's probably going to run a lot lighter than the old version. Awesome. It, and a, a lot of that optimization has also gone to being able to do more complicated things in the processing. So it's sort of a trade-off. Like with better optimization, we're able to achieve more and still even end up with less CPU heat. So that it's going to be uh, very exciting to get that out. Sweet. I'm super, like, whatever you come up with, I'm looking forward to that 100%. I'll be the first, you know, cool. <laughs> to be on the website and just click the buy button. So yeah. just, just take my money. <laughs> <laughs> Run away, grab it. <laughs> well, um, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate yeah. you coming on the podcast. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and getting to know the face behind the plugin. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure for me as well. It's been great talking to you. Thanks a lot. Um, do we want to do something for our dear listeners? Some giveaway or something in, in the discount uh, apartment? We could do a giveaway, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess a giveaway. We don't do them often, but every yeah, yeah. now, once in a while we do. So we might as well just do one. I'm, I'm open for it. Sweet. Nice. We'll figure out something in, in that in, in detail afterwards, how we do it yeah. exactly. But yeah. there you go, guys. Giveaway. It's pretty awesome. Again. Thanks a lot. I wish you and the whole team much success, much luck. Thanks so much. And um, I feel like whatever you do, feel 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 deserved 100%. Like <laughs> you're helping people. Thank you, man. You're helping us. You're making our jobs easier. And everyone who I know would, would say the same, basically. Thank you. That's good to hear. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you. I'll see you online. Yeah, right. see ya. Well, thanks a lot for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I would also appreciate it if you would follow me on Instagram at Edward Court because that's where I put out more content. It's my main outlet. I don't have anything else besides that. So follow me at Edward Court if you're not doing it yet. Also, if you would rate this podcast with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that would be very, very much appreciated since it's allowing me to get sponsorships to giveaways and get, in general, better guests on. And trust me, I still got a huge and solid, solid lineup of just high-carat guests planned for the next couple episodes, so keep your eyes peeled on that. Again, all of the links are in the description, Oak Sound, myself, and that's it. Thanks a lot. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.